uh, let's look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. So we've been talking about, we're going to do the offering first, but it goes together with our message. We've been talking about how to overcome and overcoming life. Uh, God does not want you to live a defeated life. He wants you to live an overcoming life. Now, you'll see that in John 16, 33, it says, uh, the overcomer, and you know, lives inside of you, and he says, Fear not, for I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world, the world system, the lack. I've overcome every bit of the curse. Jesus says, Fear not, take courage, right? I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. He's saying that for our benefit. I have overcome the world. Now, the thing is, Jesus has already prepared for the overcoming to take place in your life. But the issue is, all right, how many Christians are sitting there and they don't have overcoming happening? Anybody besides me ever been like, well, where's that at? Because I need that. I need the overcoming. You know, like a little kid, like, I need that overcoming. Can I have the overcoming, please? But see, now I want you to see this in this verse right here, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're born of God. You are an overcomer, and you have the overcomer on the inside of you. We're going to go here in just a second to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and it says that you can increase the harvest of your righteousness. So what that says in 2 Corinthians 9 is this. Just because you're righteous and just because you're born again doesn't mean that you're going to walk on the same level. You're going to have a different harvest based off of what you do. Well, let's look at this. We, have, we know that when we're born again, we're made righteous. We know that when we're born again, we have the overcomer. We know that when we're born again, we're born of God. And we should be overcomers. And we do have the overcomer who's already overcome the world on the inside of us. So why aren't we seeing it that way? Now, we're talking about offering this morning and finances but it goes into so many different areas you'll hear me say this over time the reason why Jesus preached so much about finances one I think it ran off spiritual demons and religious demons but two I also think that it is a great tool to understand kingdom principles see if you can get this in your finances and one time when he's talking I think it's Luke 11 or Luke 16 Luke 16, I believe. And when he's talking about finances, he says, this, these finances, this is a small thing. He says, if you don't understand this small thing, how will I give you the true riches of the kingdom? So when you have a people that fight over whether or not they should give their tithes and offerings, all they're saying is, I haven't even passed first grade in the kingdom. I haven't even passed first grade. How's God going to give you power to raise the dead, to cast out devils, right? How's God going to give you uh, power to lay your hands on somebody and see them recover if you haven't even passed first grade in finances? That's the little thing of the kingdom. But Jesus uses it many times to, to show the principles of how the kingdom works, how this works here. So in this instance, he says, look, everybody is, that's born again is righteous. Everybody that's born again, is if you're born of God, you overcome the world and you have an overcomer living on the inside of you who's already done it, then how come we don't all walk in it? Because there's things that you and I do to partner with God to make those things happen. So you see right here he says this. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. The King James says even our faith. Uh, this morning while we had corporate prayer something that came up was that someone had a vision and they, they saw this beautiful like gem sitting on the pedestal and, and everything is like it, it was beautiful but it wasn't quite everything it should be. 
all of a sudden, when they pressed that gem, when they engaged that gem, what needed to be came to pass. And instantly, the Lord said, that is faith. Well, this goes right along with what I was going to minister this morning. See, many times you have the overcoming on the inside of you, but you have not engaged faith. You haven't engaged faith. And because of that, this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the curse. This is the victory that overcomes the world system. This is the victory that overcomes lack. This is the victory that overcomes sickness. This is the victory that overcomes people being divided and against each other in the family. This is the victory that overcomes addiction. This is the victory that overcomes overcomes anything, even our faith. When we engage faith, we engage the overcomer on the inside of us to come out. When we engage faith, we engage the overcomer that we were created to be through Jesus Christ, and then we can be that overcomer. But we have to engage faith. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes... By hearing the word preached. In Romans 10 it teaches us that. This is, this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And we've got to sit under anointed preaching that will draw faith out. Many people, you know, they think that just sitting at home and listening to messages online is going to do it. That's not it. We've got to make sure that we are in the right place receiving a spiritual impartation. It's not about the words only. If that was the case, the world would already be completely born again. We've had great preaching. It's the anointing received that engages and our faith doesn't just amen it, it does something with it. Without works, faith is dead. Faith without works is dead, so we've got to apply it. So anybody that was here last week, you remember this. I, I was talking about some things, like, for instance, Boomfest. In order to lead uh, people to the Lord and to serve our community, guess what it takes? Resources. It takes money. It takes people. We need everybody here to be all hands on deck, serving, loving, smiling people. You know, we, need, we want to show the community Jesus in us, right? Well, that means we got to be here. Amen. But we also need, guess what it costs to, you know, it's the most amazing things, you know, for the majority of things that we'll have out here, they didn't just give it to us. They wanted to make money off of it. That's amazing, isn't it? So it cost something to do that. So for our budget for that is is about eight to nine thousand dollars for to have boom fest and boom revival it's about eight to nine thousand dollars and I asked last week who would like to just say hey pastor I want to pay for all of that I want to be responsible for the souls that are going to win how many people would like to do that you don't have to raise your hand but most everybody would like to be that and I asked this question then what are you doing about it because faith without works is dead. What are you doing about it? Now, I want to show you something about that. We, we've got, you know, I don't know, some of the ladies may have noticed last week, the toilets, all of a sudden, they were acting weird, <laughs> right? And some of the ladies I know saw and, and felt, why? Because all of a sudden, this septic field that's been out here for so long, it's not functioning right anymore. Praise God, you know, Brandon, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Brandon's been coming and helping us to keep that thing clear uh, while we got to hook up to the city. Thousands of dollars there. Equipment that we need for camera to do what God's called to, told us to do. Thousands of dollars there. Thousands here, there, everything. It takes, in other words, what we give to the people is free, but it takes money to get it to them. But we believe God that he'll do it. And if nobody here does it, he'll bring it in another way. The question is, do we want to be a part of it? And so I asked that question. Who would like to be a part of that? And you'd like to be in the position just to just, Lord, let me take, can I take care of all of that? Because you're walking in so much overflow. There's almost everybody in here. I don't, I don't see anybody that wouldn't like to be a part of what God is doing and just say, I'll do it. But here's the question. What are we doing about it? Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. Let's, let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 
and go first to verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So all of us have a harvest of righteousness, but some of us have more harvest than others based on did we purpose in our heart to be a sower. But notice in this verse that he supplies seed to the sower. Also notice in this verse that seed is not the only thing he supplies. He also supplies bread for food, right? So in other words, everything I need and everything I need for the kingdom, God will supply it to me. It's in his system of sowing and reaping. Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will remain. He, he put a system on the earth that's a heavenly kingdom system that the devil can't stop. We can engage that system and all of a sudden that system has to respond. We can engage that. So when we start to sow, all of a sudden, God says, the devil can't do anything about this. I've set this as a spiritual law. It's got to happen, right? So you, let's go over here to verse, uh, let's see here, verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that ha always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, notice how we started this. Would anybody like to be an overcomer in every area of your life? But in order to be an overcomer, you are born of God. You are an overcomer. You have the overcomer living on the inside of you. But not everybody walks in it. Would you agree? What is the determining factor that overcomes the world? Our faith. It's the actions that we take based off of the promises that Jesus has given us. Based off of what we have available to us. Now see, in this room, we probably have people of all different economic uh, strata. In other words, there's different levels here of economic uh, health. But at the same time, the beauty of God's system is it doesn't matter where you are at, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little. And he proves it out when he talks about the widow who gave her two mites. All these people came and they gave a lot of stuff, but he's, here comes the widow with basically two pennies, drops them in, and Jesus says she gave more than every, everybody. It didn't take a lot in terms of amount. It took heart. And when she gave with her heart, Jesus said she's given more than anybody. Well, glory to God, that means anybody in here, no matter where you're at, you can kickstart something in your life. All of a sudden, what did she do? She kickstarted a system of overcoming that God has given to her. Now, here's what I want you to see, though. He doesn't give and take seed from what you already have. He gives you seed on top of what you have. This is where many people miss it. When I purpose in my heart to be a sower that loves to give, a cheerful, a loving giver, all of a sudden God says, oh, there's a sower. They have identified it by purposing it in their heart. Let's give some seed into their hands. Now we're talking about here's your budget. He's given seed on top of the budget. It's not coming out of everything that you need. It, he's going to start giving you seed extra, above. It's going to come in from places. It'll be promotion. You, know, you may be sitting there saying, Lord, I want, I'm purposing in my heart to be a sower. All of a sudden he gives you a promotion. Well, you need to give out of that promotion. You say, how much of this do you want me to sow? He's probably going to say how much do you want to sow because what you sow is then going to be multiplied and returned back to you what do you want to do so many times people are sitting there going well I got to pull out of what I already have no purpose in your heart and God will start adding seed to you 
A lot of people don't see that. They don't understand how good God is and what he's done. You just decide, but you can kickstart that thing by saying, hey, here's my two mites. I might not have all of it, but here's my two mites. We started believing God uh, to just buy this building and the property and just pay it off. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what Nicole and I did. We sought the Lord. We could have gotten any number. But what we sought from the Lord was we believe that we are supposed to give $10,000 on that building, right? This was uh, about last year this time, something like that. But guess what? We didn't have 10000 at that time. We didn't have that amount. But we said, we believe we're supposed to give that. So, Lord, that we've heard from you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He spoke a word. We said, Lord, how much do you want us to give? He said, 10,000. We said, okay, we're going to give 10,000. We purposed in our heart. But here, remember, many people would like to do something, but what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Where's the faith to overcome the lack? Where's the faith to overcome the poverty that's been there? Where's the faith to do something great and mighty for God? You've got to employ faith. So we said, hey, we don't have 10,000, but what we do have is we have some seed. Because we've been believing God, we've got some seed. We're going to plant a seed, believe in God to bring up a harvest of the 10,000. So we planted what God told us to plant a seed. We didn't have the full harvest. We planted that. All of a sudden, within a few months, we had in our bank account everything we needed to give that. And we, I, we cried. We cried that morning going in and saying, Lord, here's this for the building. Here's this for the building. And, and God came through. Why? Because God is faithful and God is just. All we had to do was purpose in our hearts to be that. Many people say that they want to do something, but what are you doing about it? Men, see, here's the beauty of God. He says, oh, when you start taking, seeking first my kingdom, you know, Matthew 6, 33, please put that up there, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, what we did is stop looking. God brought that in over and above our normal stuff. Over and above. God is faithful. God is faithful, y'all. That's southern for God is faithful. He's faithful. His word is true. So right now, just bow your heads and just pray this with me. Just say, Lord, help me to see what I need to be doing. Help me to see how to start it. Lord, I just ask right now that you just speak to your people. Lord, show them. Because I know your word says that I just read in 2 Corinthians, you don't just give seed, you give overflow. And bread to the eater. So when they start giving on your system in your way by faith, it starts bringing overcoming in every area of their life. All of a sudden, their business works better. Their job works better. Their finances start to work. They, all of a sudden, they stop bleeding money everywhere. Lord, it starts to be efficient. It starts to be productive. Father, thank you for that. We praise you for it. Lord, right now, just bring your heart. I, I sense it so much. This is why he's had me. I normally don't do the offerings, but I sense it. The Lord is wanting. He's wanting to break some people out. He's wanting to move you beyond just the beginning, the small thing, and move you into the true riches of the kingdom. Lord, right now, let them see it. Let them experience from you the word that will bring them out and kickstart those finances in Jesus' name. Now, I'm telling you right now, he loves a cheerful giver. So if you think that this is just to get an offering, it's not. It's for you. God can handle this all by himself. He can send one person from the community and write a check for everything I mentioned in one blow. That is not a problem for God. This is the question is, do you want to be a part of it? And do you want to kickstart your own finances and move in that way? It's not. It's not because we need it. It's not because God needs it. 
God lays this system out so that we start learning how to operate as an overcomer in every area of our life. So if you feel like that's not right and you feel like you're giving under compulsion, do not give under compulsion. Don't give under that force. But Father, right now, for those who want to, who, who the Holy Ghost is, He's right now speaking to their heart, Lord. We just praise you and we worship you. Lord, we want to worship you with our giving. We want to worship you with our sowing. We want to worship you with our offerings. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, I'm telling you that today, even if you didn't come prepared to give, that envelope that you have, everybody should have one now, that envelope that you have, that is now yours. It's not ours. We gave it to you. You might not have even been prepared to give. You might not have had one penny in your pocket. But now you have an envelope that does have a monetary value to us. It's yours. You can write on it, draw doodles on it. You can rip it up, throw it in the trash can. You can use it as a bookmark. Or right now this morning you can say, you know what, I'm returning this to the church. They can use it again. It's one they don't have to buy. We gave you seed to the sower you can kickstart your finances by coming up here and yeah you didn't have this when you walked in God gave you something to give and you can step up here and say this is mine and Lord kickstart my finances in Jesus name and receive that amen so right now you I just want you to stand on your feet offering is worship it's worship Lord I trust you father I trust you I trust you more than what I can see in the bank account. I trust you more than anything else. I trust you, Lord. I praise you for what you're doing. Offering is this. Lord, I see you're going to bless me. You're going to change things in my life. I see that you're going to change me and bless my life. And I trust you more than what I see in front of me. I trust and I worship you with it. It is a, it is a praise to God and a worship to God. Father, we thank you for it, we praise you for it, and we give you the glory as we worship you in our sowing and in our giving this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may bring that here. Lord, every seed, Father, right now, we just pray over it. Let it be blessed. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for advancing the kingdom and advancing the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that this is a ministry that gives and sows a lot. We praise you for it, and we thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to participate with you in the kingdom, to partner with you, and we thank you for it. Lord, I just call every life blessed, full, and in overflow in Jesus' name. Lord, as they gave with their heart, let it be multiplied back to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. We've been in a series called An Overcoming Life. An Overcoming Life. And in this, we've been talking about it. You got a good introduction to it just this morning during the offering. But we've been talking about overcoming. And you can see that in John 16, if Jesus says, take courage, I have overcome the world. And then he says, everything that's born of God can overcome, then you can start to see that God wants us to be overcomers, but we understand that not everybody does overcome. So there must be something that we can do that God is looking for us to partner with to be overcomers. And we talked about it just last week. Many times what the world is doing is looking at the church and when they look at the church they don't see overcomers. They see a bunch of people who are whining and complaining. Y'all please pray for me. This flu has just hit my house. I feel like I'm about to die. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to be on top. We're supposed to be overcomers. Y'all pray for me. They done gone and talking bad about me at my work. I'm about to explode on somebody. Pray, y'all. That's what the world looks like. That's not what we're supposed to look like. Y'all pray. 
uh, my, my car broke, the axle fell off, you know, it did a flip, landed on the tires, praise Jesus. And then, and then all of a sudden, the window won't roll up, and this happened, and that happened. Y'all, please pray. That's not the way we're supposed to look. We're supposed to look like overcoming. See, the world is saying, oh, you got a great Savior. You have a great Lord. But see, the devil has, he has faked people out and deceived them. In Revelations, you see it. Every time he goes in and out of the world, he takes deception with him. That's what, that's, he doesn't have any power. He gets you to use your power against yourself. And many times it's by what we believe, by what we say, and the actions that we take. And we've accepted the world's way of thinking instead of God's way of thinking. Fear not. Take courage. I have overcome the world. Everything that's born of God is an overcomer. And you're in me and I'm in you. You are seated with me in Ephesians 2. You're seated with me in heavenly places. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Deuteronomy 28. I, I want you to be the head, the blessing of the Lord. I want you to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Blessed going in and blessed going out. Blessed in the field and blessed in the house. Blessed in the city and blessed in your work. I want your work to be blessed. Your livestock to be blessed. Your family to be blessed. This is how God talks. He gives us the wealth to establish covenant he was made poor he, so that we might be rich he he bore our sins and our sicknesses that we might have health and freedom and life to the full the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i am come that you might have life to the full till it overflows life in abundance See, these are the kind of things. He sent his word and healed them. You've heard in Acts 4, 13, you've heard how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Not just some, all. See, God has designed us to be an overcomer. You are more than conquerors. With Jesus, just looking at these verses, you can go uh, bcnotes.org and you go to about page 10, look for uh, number 4. It says, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4, it says there that in verse 3, His divine power, not our power, but His power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. What things have we not been given concerning life? Nothing. What things have we not been given concerning godliness? Nothing. But yet, who in America, in the church, has really lived like that? Very few. And what we've done is we believe the deception. Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto me. Go, therefore. If he's been given all power and authority, how much is left for the devil? None. So the devil says, man, I've got no power. How am I going to work this out? How am I going to steal, kill, and destroy? I know I'll teach them that they got nothing, that they are nothing, that they come from nothing. I'll keep reminding them of where they came from. I'll keep reminding them how bad it is. I'll try to throw a sickness on them, and if they'll accept it, they'll tell all of Facebook, pray for me. You know? and, and so all of a sudden, what he's done, he's gotten in our head, he's gotten in our emotions, and he's gotten us off of this. Jesus said this in the word, look, don't set your eyes on things below, but set your eyes on things above. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by emotions. We walk by faith, not by feelings. We walk by faith in God's word, and this is the victory that will overcome the world, even our faith, even our faith. So the devil has sold us a book of lies and we have turned our eyes to that, to our feelings, to our, our thoughts, to the things below instead of setting our eyes on the things above, on the promises. And then the world looks on and goes, well, they say that they have an almighty God. Where is he? I was watching this week the video just a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, I don't remember what. It was a day or two ago. We were watching the video of Kanye on the, uh, on the plane. 
And I was sitting there, and it was interesting because I never was really a fan of, of Kanye or his music. That was that was not my error, you know. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and Barrett and Paul were both sitting there watching. And both of them, as soon as we turned the video on, he went, he looks totally different. He does not look like the same man. And I'm sitting there going, He's, I'm, as spiritually, I'm going, this man, that looks like a man that's born again because there's a difference. There's, there's a difference in how they look and how they feel. Now, let me tell you, just because he's making a public statement about Christ does not mean that the devil won't try to attack him. You need to be praying for him. You need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. But there, like Nicole said it this morning in prayer, there's been more web searches for what do Christians believe and who is Jesus in the last few weeks than there's ever been before on, on Google because of what he's done. It has risen because of that. But here's one of the things that he said. He, think about this. Think about this. What's the world looking for? People that don't believe God, that don't believe Jesus. The word says this in 1 John 4, it says, Those who do not love do not know God, for God is love. In other words, they don't even have potential to love until they know love. So if somebody doesn't know Jesus, they might be a quote-unquote good person to the world, but they are not operating in godly love because they can't do it till they receive Jesus. So many times the church has looked at the world and said, why don't you have good morals? They can't. Why are you expecting love to come out of something that can't love? It doesn't work like that. So what does the world, what's the world looking for? The world is looking for me. How, not, not Brian, but they're looking out for themselves. How can I get ahead? How can I be successful? How can I stay healthy? How can I have a good family? How can I have a vacation home? How can I, how can I do this? How can I have the good car? How can I be successful? How can I make money? Right? That's what the world's looking for. Why? Because their, their focus is themselves. And God said, in my plan of evangelism, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my people the power to get wealth to establish my covenant. In other words, I'm going to say, because I've made a loving covenant with them, in that covenant is wealth. But not only that, when I get wealth on them, not just talking about money, I'm talking about wealth in every area of life, health, whatever. They are an overcomer. When I get an overcomer on my people, the world who only cares about themselves will say, uh What's going on with them? How come they're always happy? How come they never have lack? How come even when the world is afraid of every flu bug that goes around, that person doesn't crumple into the ground? How come they're strong? How come they think? How come they get, keep getting promoted? How come they keep having favor in their life? This is God's plan. He says over in Genesis, he says, I have blessed Abraham. And those who bless you, I'll bless. And those who curse you, I'll curse. And then he says, and another verse says, Abraham was very rich, very rich in livestock and silver and gold. So he wasn't just talking about spiritually rich, which Abraham obviously was. He was very rich in every area of life. Very prosperous. And then you go over into Galatians. He says that you that are of Christ, you are blessed with faithful Abraham because as soon as you accept Christ you move into the family and you have an inheritance and that inheritance is the blessing that inheritance is you're an overcomer now this has been God's plan be fruitful be fruitful think about that from the garden to, to Adam be fruitful be fruitful how can you be fruitful and be under the curse doesn't work like that. To be fruitful, you got to be under a blessing. you got to be an overcomer. You can't even fulfill the mission of God that is remaining the same. That same, that same uh, mission that God gave to, to Adam, he gave to Noah, he gave to Adam, he gave to Noah, he gave to Abraham, and he continues to give it to us. Go be fruitful and multiply. Make disciples. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you've been given freely give 
we're supposed to be carrying something. Christians are supposed to be carrying something. You're, we are supposed to be overcomers. He says this, that, that verse in Peter, I've already given it to you. I've already granted it to you. Everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. People will say, well, I just can't do that. That's not true. It, with God, all things are impossible. I just, I just can't stop telling off my coworker. That's not true. He's given you everything pertaining to godliness. Telling off your coworker is not godliness. You're, you're actually believing a lie that you can't do it. Well, this is just too much for me. I can't do this. Can't do that. What does that mean? That means what's going to happen is you're going to hit that, you're going to come up against that roadblock and you're just going to fizzle and fall into a pile of goo because you can't do something. No, God said to him that believes all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. You are designed to be an overcomer. Look at, look at these things. You've been given everything. He says there in verse 3, 2 Peter 1, 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Verse 4, he has, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers or partners with the divine nature. You are supposed to be walking. We as Christians are supposed to be walking in the divine nature of God himself. Anything short of that is operating under the level that he's given through Jesus Christ. This is what happened when Peter went walking by and they laid people within, within the shadow's distance of Peter. Why? He was carrying with him a divine nature and people were getting healed just by being close enough that the glory and divine nature of God that was flowing out of him started flowing into them. All of a sudden, they were, he was walking in such a way that the glory of God, the overcomer on the inside of him, the overcomer that he was made to be through Christ, it started overflowing. You are called to overflow everywhere you go. You are called that in every place where the sole of your foot treads, you are bringing the heavenly nature, the divine nature of God overflowing. You're supposed to step up in the bank line and all of a sudden the glory of God feel that place and people just like I, I don't what is going on all of a sudden the glory is overflowing overflowing you look at this in Romans 8 31 32 listen just let them put these scriptures on the screen don't go there today because because I'm going to go through some scriptures real quick okay Romans 8 31 and 32 what shall we say if God is for us who is against us he did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How, how will he not also with him, Jesus, freely give us all things? He's given us everything pertaining to life. He's given us everything pertaining to godliness. He's made us partners of the divine nature. And now in this verse, it says, how, if he'd give you Jesus, what's he going to hold back? He's going to freely give you everything else. Following on down into Romans. He said, what will separate us from the love of God? Nothing. For we, verse 37, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer. Not just conquer, we overwhelmingly conquer in Him. We overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. As long as we are connected with the love of God through Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. There's nothing he'll hold back. He, you've got everything pertaining to life. You've got everything pertaining to godliness. You've, you've become a partner and a partaker of the divine nature of God. I'm just looking for some people to say, doggone, that's me. He's talking about me in those scriptures. He's talking about me because you see, this is not just for pastor to carry. This is not 
not just for his wife to carry. No, this is for every believer. He didn't say pastors will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll cast out devils. They'll raise the dead. Heal the sick. Believers, that's for all of us. You got an overcomer on the inside of you, and if you're born of God, you are an overcomer. The difference is, are, do we know about it, and are we applying it? We said several weeks ago, KFA, knowledge, faith, and action. Knowledge, faith on that knowledge, and action. Many people are not being an overcomer because they don't know that they're created to be one. They don't know that they're made in his image and they have an inheritance. But then when they hear about it, many people don't put faith on that. But we know that faith without works is dead, that when they know it and they put faith on it, many times people will sit back and they're waiting, which is why I ask the question, okay, who would want to do this and just pay that whole thing off? Okay, what are we doing about it? I'm you to do it all today I'm saying are you making moves to go up and go up to a new level are you stepping out in your faith are you making moves to sow something that will cause it to grow there's businessmen all over you had a testimony not too long ago started a new business a year or so ago all of a sudden one day there was something going on I forget what it was it was an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God seek first the kingdom and his righteousness God asked you to give something. I know you've told me in the bank account, in the business bank account, there wasn't much, right? Because it was a brand new business. And what God asked you to give, was it half or over half? It was like a half of what was in, not much. And God said give us several hundred dollars, right? It was over that. And all of a sudden, he's like, God, you know what I got, this is a new business. I gotta have some capital. I gotta have some cash flow. He said, But I know I heard you. I trust you more than I trust those numbers. See, what are we doing about it? God, see, when God asks us stuff like that, it's not because He can't return it. It's not because He can't return it. It's because He's setting up something. He's setting up an overflow, He's setting up an overcoming. All of a sudden, uh, you were obedient that day. I didn't even know that was going on. I didn't know that it was for you. I knew, I knew God had told me that he had something for you in that day. I don't know that I've ever told you that. But anyway, he said he went up there. He was obedient to what God said, not with just his personal, with his business. All of a sudden, that next day, in the next few days, you had how many phone calls? Eight new jobs come in in the, how long? Within a week. Within a week. Now, what are we using? We're using a financial thing to teach a spiritual principle, a kingdom principle. It works in finances. It'll work in healing. It'll work in carrying the glory. It'll work in every area of life. It'll work in, in your faith in everything it needs to overcome. I remember when y'all first came to the church and you got a hold of tithing and sowing and I don't, I don't know that you'd ever gotten it on that level, right? And you went for about a year and I remember after about a year y'all had been tithing and sowing. You came to me, you said, brother, I've been giving. And I don't, you remember this? <laughs> you said, he said, I don't, I'm not seeing what I think I ought to be seeing yet. I said, look, I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I know it was something along these lines. I said, either his word's true or he's lying. Do you believe that it's true? He said, yeah. I said, then you just don't, don't get weary in well-doing and watch. That next year, I forget the exact numbers, but it was like we turned that 12-month period of time, and all of a sudden in the business it went, right? And, and you've been setting records ever since then. Is that right? I mean setting records. Setting records. He sent me numbers of, of a few months ago. You sent me some new numbers of this year, and it was like five months in, and you'd already knew you were going to set records this year. Five months in. God's word is true. Where are the, where are the people that will believe it? Well, I, I'm looking for the people to say, that's me. Again, 
that's financial examples. It really helps us to see and understand and calculate. Okay, if he'll do that in finances, he'll do that in your health. If he'll do that in your health, he'll do it in restoration. He'll do it in protection. He'll do it in deliverance. It's who he is. He's longing to get us all into being an overcomer in every area of life, not just one or two, but every area. And the world is looking on, saying, Oh, what's going on with them over there? Something's happening. They do more stuff. Like we've won like three people to the Lord. They've already won 1,800. What do they got? They got like 1,000 people? No. What? No. They've got some people who have decided God is big. He is good, and I'm going to go after him. And I'm going to put my flesh on the line. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to put action where my faith is. And as that group of people decides, as we decide to do that, God says, look at them. They're taking me for my word. They're applying the faith as a child. He says, look, bless them. Pour out the blessing. They're they're sowing the seeds of faith. They're sowing the seeds of of belief in me. They're sowing the seeds. They, They are trusting me that I am a good God, a generous God. And they've tasted of me and found out that I am good. And what it says in in Peter, I'm good. They've tasted and seen that I am good. And they just keep getting hungrier. And they just keep getting thirstier. Pour it out. Let them be an example. Let their light shine. Take some of our glory and put it on them and make it their glory. Put it on them. Let them shine. Though Isaiah 60 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come. This is what it's talking about. It's time. It's time for us to be the overcomers that we are supposed to be. See, when we start to see this, that he's given us everything pertaining to life, if he'll give us Jesus, what will he hold back? He'll give us it all. When we start to see that we are more than a conqueror because of his love and nothing's going to separate us from his love, then all of a sudden we start to realize, what? how do we lose? We don't. Even if the world, like Jesus, the devil thought he had him beat. But then later on in Scripture it says, If the devils had known, they would not have crucified the King of glory. The devil can look like he's got you beat, but on the inside of you there's an overcomer. There's an overcomer on the inside of you. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, golly, I know what it looks like to the world. It looks like I'm beat down. It looks like I've got nothing left in the tank. It looks like I got, I am whipped. But on the inside of you, in that grave, in that position that the world thinks is a grave, all of a sudden there's a voice from heaven. Arise, my child. Arise, my son. And out of that depth and out of that curse arises an overcomer. Jesus through you. And you come right out of that pit, right out of that darkness. And the world sits back and goes, Whoa! I thought they were goners. What do they have? Well, I was saying about Kanye sitting on that. He's talking to James Corden, isn't it? They're doing that because he does the the drives down the down the road in the car. Well, they they got on Kanye's plane. I mean, they're praising God. I mean, the glory of God and the anointing was on it. And Kanye tells James, he says, "You need to understand." God's a good God. He wants to bless his people, and it's time for the world to see that we're blessed, not because of talent, but because God's a good God. I was like, gracious. Most of the preachers in America don't know that. That's why God will take it. He might not be perfect, but God will take somebody who will trust him as a child, and they'll say, pour it out. I know he's had his issues. That's what makes it awesome. Because I can take issues and I can show how good I am and what I want to do with a heart that's pure towards me. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro going throughout the whole earth looking for someone whose heart is pure towards him so that he might show himself strong on your behalf. He's looking for us. He's looking for you. Looking for somebody who will say, Lord, I'll get my heart right. And he says, I can bless that person. I can make them an example. I can put my light on them. I can make them an overcomer. 
As we wrap up today, I want you to see this. You listen, you need to read through these notes. You need to read through these scriptures. But once you know that God's given you everything, you have to look in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Don't turn there. It's in the notes. Go to bcnotes.org. Grab them later. But listen right now. He says, look, you won't find yourself in a situation that I won't deliver you in because I'm faithful. That's Brian paraphrasing. I've given you everything you need. If you find yourself in a situation, it's because you can overcome it. If you couldn't overcome it, I wouldn't let you in it. And here's what I want you to trust. Not that you're faithful. Not that you've got skill. Not that you've got talent. Not that you've got the best business out there. Not that you're, not that you're smart. I don't want you to trust in all of that. Here's what I want you to trust in. I am faithful, God says. I'm faithful. And I'll draw you through it. And I'll help you to overcome in that way. So no matter what you see, no matter what you face, no matter how dark or the pressure you feel around you, you say, oh, I wouldn't even be in this if God wasn't with me. And he is faithful. There's about to be an explosion of his light, an explosion of his glory my life. There's about to be something that explodes and I'll give God glory. It's not me, it's Him. He will do it through me as I trust on in Him. You see it in Acts I believe it's chapter 16. They're sitting in the dungeon. They've been beat. They're beat down. They're sitting there. They don't feel in the flesh like an overcomer. They've been whipped for the gospel's sake. But they're sitting in there in the inner dungeon and all the prisoners can hear them. They've been beat. It's dark and all of a sudden they start singing. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, lifting up praises to Jesus. Oh, we're going to praise you with a thousand tongues, Jesus, with everything we have. We're going to lift up praises to you all around the throne. Jesus, amazing grace. I don't know what hymns they were singing that day, but whatever it was the Holy Spirit brought to them, they started putting on the praises of Jesus. All of a sudden, in the midst of that dark, in the midst of that place, there was a rumbling. There was a glory of God that flooded the place. There was a shifting and a shaking. There was all of these things. All of a sudden, the earthquake hits the place. The chains fall off of Paul and Silas. The chains fall off of every every prisoner in that place the chains fall off the doors open and every one of them are free in a moment because on the inside of them was an overcomer there's an overcomer on the inside of you and no matter what you face God is there and if you will put on praise and faith in Him that overcomer will come through you and out of you and break every chain that's been holding you back Amen? God's raising you up to be an overcomer. Are you accepting the call? Are you accepting what he's done? The devil will throw many things to you. He'll throw all kinds of thoughts. Oh, you're not going to make it this time. You're not going to. But if we'll put on the ways of Jesus and take those thoughts captive, no. He said, I am an overcomer because I'm born of God. He said that he has overcome the world. And he said that when I put on faith, I will overcome. When I put on faith, I put on hope, a joy, a confidence, an expectation. And he says in Romans 5 that when I put my hope in him, hope, my hope will not be disappointed. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says this. And they overcame him, the devil, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. The blood of the Lamb gave us access to the overcomer. The blood of Jesus gave us access. We couldn't get it before. But when he shed his blood and he applied it in the heavenly holy of holies, it opened up the door that Jesus was. I am the doorway to the Father and his love. When he applied his blood, it handled everything that you and I had done to stand in the way. It wiped it all away. It blotted out every sin and every transgression that any person would, would call on Jesus to save them from. And the blood applied gave them access to the overcomer. And instantly they were born again and they became a part of the spiritual DNA of Christ. They became an overcomer themselves through Jesus. The blood, 
the blood. Not only that, but in the blood was fullness of life. How can he give you everything pertaining to life? The life is in the blood. And when you accepted Jesus and the sacrifice of his blood, it said the life of Jesus was in the blood and where he gave up a poverty of his life. When he gave himself to be poor in his life, all of a sudden he opened up the door for life to the full to come into you, to be healed, to be delivered, to be, to be the overcomer in every area by the blood, access, life to the full by the blood, and he sealed you with it. He said, you're mine. They overcame him by one, the blood of the lamb, two, the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. In other words, they started to say what Jesus says. They started to say what God says. You've heard the scripture that says this, that uh, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. If you look at that original word, it literally means a two-mouthed sword. It comes out of two mouths. First, out of the mouth of God. Secondly, out of your mouth. And when you as an ambassador in this world that has corrupted in it, stand up in the light of Jesus, empowered by the anointing of an overcomer, and you made in the image and likeness of God, start to speak and declare things the way that God has has spoken and declared things and with the faith of God the way that he does it like he when he said light be you start speaking to those finances say finances be where you need to be debt be canceled in Jesus name body be well be made whole and lay hands on yourself those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover when you start to move and operate and you prophesy by his words, all of a sudden you start to declare by the glory of God the same things. And the power will flow through his mouth and your mouth at that same time. And those things will start to be. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And then it says, and they love not their life to the death. That's what most people leave off all of the time. You want to be an overcomer, you've got to be convicted of these things. In other words, many people, they'll stand up, they'll receive the blood, they'll profess, yes, I'm healed. But as soon as they walk out, the symptom comes back on their body and they go, oh God, that must not have taken yeah, well, I know he preached about being an overcomer in my finances on Sunday, but he didn't know I was getting these crazy bank postcards in the mail on Tuesday. He didn't know that. The, I, I, it was a good message. I amended it. I felt the Holy Ghost goosebumps on Sunday morning. But today I got these bank postcards and I got the creditors calling me and I've got all these things happening. And all of a sudden what they do is they don't hold on to the blood and the word of their testimony. They let it go. Because symptoms have arisen. No, that's when having done all stand, you grab a hold of what the blood has done. You grab a hold of the overcomer. You grab a hold of what he's made you to be an overcomer. You grab a hold of the glory of God and the blessing of God. No, beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Lord, I believe that's true. And even if it kills me, even if it takes me to the death, having done all stand, I'm standing. This is how they overcome. Jesus was in the wilderness. He's been praying. He's been fasting. All of a sudden, here comes the devil. And the word says this, he became hungry. If you know anything about fasting for that period of time, for 40 days, what happens is your body, it, it goes into, when you first start fasting, the first three days, three or four days are very interesting. And uh, they're very fleshly. But after about the third or fourth day, your body says, oh, we're not eating. And so it gives you a break. It backs off of that. If you're not taking any calories in, your body says, okay, I need to kind of back off a little bit. And so all of a sudden, your body starts not, not giving it all the attention to the fact that you're not eating. But about day 40, your body goes, man, if you don't start eating soon, we're dying. We're dead. And so that's what happened to Jesus. He was hungry. 
He was coming to the place at, at the end of this 40 days and nights and his body saying, you need to eat and you need to eat now. What's going on in his head? What's going on, what's going on at that moment? How does your mind and your body and your thoughts talk to you in moments like this? You've got to eat. Your life is on the line right now. And then right at that moment, the devil comes and says, Hey, you're the son of God. Turn these stones into bread. See, what we've done is we've overlooked where, where the mind would be in that moment, what the flesh would be saying to him. Yeah, you do need to eat. Utilize that. Do what, do what Satan said at that moment and turn those. You've got to eat and you've got to eat now or you're going to die. That's what the flesh is saying, not what the devil was saying, what the flesh is saying. But we know that he overcame the devil. And how did he do it? He said, no, I'm given to God. I'm operating as the blood of the Lamb right here on this earth right now. I'm coming in the sacrifices of the people where Abraham offered up Isaac and he gave his whole heart to give his son and to sow his son for all humanity. And I am the harvest of that seed that Abraham sowed. And right now you're going to receive a living blood right now that has no sin in it. He says, no, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to confess what my father said. My father said this man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God I'll live by the words of God but I will not bow to you Satan and even if it costs me my life I will put faith in the father right here instantly he goes through these three different temptations and beats back the devil and the devil goes running looking for a more opportune time and he's sitting there going whoa who was that guy? Every other person I've tempted with, they've fallen. This guy didn't. Who is this? And the devil starts looking. Let me tell you who he is. He's the overcomer. He's the overcomer. And every, every sin that he put down and he overcome, every bit of lack that he overcame, he will help you overcome. He will help you overcome. He will help us overcome. Because he was the overcomer who didn't fall, who didn't get tripped up. Where you and I may have fell and gotten tripped up, he didn't get tripped up. He overcame. And even at the end when he shed his blood, he said these words the testimony father into your hands I commit my spirit he had found himself in scripture he confessed and prophesied I will fall into your hands not into the trap and he fell into that grave and the faith on that statement he said I believe it so much I'll, do, I'll live it even to the death and the blood of the lamb the word of his testimony and he loved not his life even to the death all of a sudden and three days later there was a rumbling there was a shaking just like it'll be with you in the darkness when the devil attacks and all these things are coming at you you're just sitting there laughing because there's an overcomer on the inside of you because I'm that overcomer you're that overcomer we are overcomers with him by the blood of the lamb the word of your testimony and Lord, we'll be the people. We won't love our lives more. We will stand and having done all stand. We are going to live an overcoming life that the world will look at and say, they're walking in something that I need. They're walking in a blessing. They're walking in an anointing. They're walking in healing that I need. Lord, we just thank you for taking us out of the darkness and into your light. Lord, let us be that overcomer. It starts with relationship. It starts with knowing Him. It starts by living with Him in every area, not making excuses. See, many people are not overcoming because they, don't, they love their life more. They love to eat more than fast. They love to watch TV more than pray. They, they, they love to scroll on Facebook than they do reading their Bible. They're not overcoming because they're given more to the worldly life than they are given to God's life. We've got to, and to be the overcomer, we've got to do it His way. Uh, listen, 
120 years on this earth may look like a long time, but when you get into eternity, you're going to look back and say how ignorant I was to think that that was a long time. Let me take this short period of time and give everything I have to Jesus. Let me win souls. Let me make disciples. Let me walk with you and know you that you might do great and mighty things in my life, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Listen, Lord, I'm down here and you gave your life to me now let me give my life to you and although it may seem long to everybody around me in eternity this life is not long Father, Jesus, Holy Ghost I'm yours when a people will put down their life for the kingdom and his righteousness God said I can do great and mighty things through you. He's looking for a people that will take him serious at his word and with childlike faith say, Lord, I'm yours. I believe in the blood. I only say what you say. And I love not my life even to the death. Instantly, you're an overcomer. You're called to live an overcoming life. You have an overcomer on the inside of you. You are an overcomer through Jesus Christ. And when you apply faith, knowledge in what he said, belief in his promises and his character and nature, faith, and you, you give action to what you believe, overcoming happens every time. Every time. Father, I call right now for overcomers to be in this place. For overcomers to be in this place. Overcomers to be in this place. Lord, you're raising up a group of overcomers. You're raising up a group of overcomers. If you believe that for yourself, say hallelujah. Lord, you're raising up overcomers. You're raising up overcomers. You're raising up overcomers. You're raising up overcomers. Lord, they're going to overcome in their finances. They're going to overcome sickness. They're going to overcome poverty. They're going to overcome lack. They're going to overcome the destruction, the stealing, the killing, and the destroying that the devil has set about. They're going to overcome. Father, we thank you for